everyone and welcome. So happy you could join us again at the Dr. Christian Heim podcast where we're living for mental health, love and compassion. My name is Caroline Heim and this episode is part one of a live talk that Christian gave on the science of gratitude. Have you ever wondered what happens in the brain when you practice gratitude or about the health benefits of gratitude? So in this episode, Christian starts out by talking about what gratitude is and what it is not. And this may really surprise you. After his definition of gratitude, he gets into the science and talks about the demonstrated health benefits of gratitude and the 10 ways that science says that gratitude can work in your life. He then talks about three groups of people that achieve gratitude in life. Have you ever wondered why for some gratitude is just so darn hard? So he finishes off by giving five reasons why and how to overcome these. Okay, let's jump right into it. All right, let's get into the lecture. What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the science of gratitude. Yes, there is a lot of science behind practicing the skill of gratitude. The year is 1621 and you know the story a group of pilgrims who are used to giving thanks for their autumn harvest have a special autumn harvest to give thanks for this time. You see, they are in a new land and their crops failed and they almost died. But, as the legend goes, the indigenous Americans helped them out and the two groups settled their differences, set them aside just for a while to sit down and give thanks. What were they giving thanks for? It wasn't just for an autumn harvest. It was for life. It was for being alive because that feeling of being alive is absolutely wonderful. And it gets celebrated every year. And I have to let you know that a lot of the world, most of the world, has some sort of an autumn harvest celebration. But the American story has that extra facet. It's got that extra legend where people set aside their differences to help each other out. And that makes all the difference. It somehow rings true. This is what life should be like. And I have to let you know that the rest of the world is envious of that story. Thanksgiving is going to be around for a long time because of that added story. All right, the science of gratitude. What are we going to look at today? We are going to look at the actual evidence for gratitude. We will look at why it is difficult to practice gratitude. We will look at what happens inside your brain to practice gratitude. We will look at what groups of people actually achieve gratitude. Then we will look at eight very practical things that you can do on a day-to-day -day basis to practice and cultivate the skill of gratitude. But first, what is gratitude? We know what gratitude is not. Gratitude is not always look on, looking on the bright side of life. All right, there's a Monty Python clip where there are all these people, they're being crucified, and what's wrong? 
What do you mean what's wrong? You're supposed to always look on the bright side of life. That is not gratitude. Another thing that is not gratitude is delusional hype. Life is great, life is great, life is great. I have so much to be thankful for. One of the people that I have worked with in my practice was a motivational speaker. And this person was in my office begging me to stop them from killing themselves. And they said, I am such a hypocrite. I fill people up with motivation and here I am depressed. Now, I'm not saying that motivation, that all motivational speakers are depressed. They're not. But gratitude is not motivational hype. We have to have something real. We have to have something real enough so that when we suffer great loss, we can still go deeper for gratitude. So gratitude, I put to you, is this. When I consider my life, when I consider all that I love that I have in my life, all the pleasure that I have in my life, all the things that I learn and strive for in my life, and when I consider how much I have been hurt in my life, how many broken dreams I have, how many things have gone wrong, and how many regrets I have, I am still grateful to be a part of life. Life is an amazing, wonderful journey, and we get the privilege of being a part of that. And that's what I see in my practice all the time. One of the things that I take care of is personal trauma. And I see people going through horrible things. And yet, sometimes they are the very people that have gratitude for all of life. How do they do that? According to the science, gratitude is defined this way. Gratitude is not just saying thanks when somebody helps you out. It is habitually focusing on the things of life that you can be grateful for. It's a habit. It's not just some information. So we're going to look at that. What is the science on gratitude? In 2003, a study came out that linked gratitude with emotional well-being, not getting depression, and lifting your mood. Now, I know that that sounds like three ways of saying the same thing, but when you're researching things, these distinctions are important. Some years later, from 2008 to 2013, we had dozens of study on gratitude. And the first thing that they did was they confirmed the earlier findings. In fact, they found that not only was it linked, but it was strongly linked. There's a strong association between gratitude and emotional well-being, mental health, and depression. There was a study that found out that there was a strong link between people who practice gratitude and are healthy. Then there was the link between people who are grateful and jobs of first responders, like firemen, uh, psychiatrists, ambulance people, if they don't have gratitude, then there is something wrong, they are heading for burnout. Then there was a very important study that showed the more grateful you are, the more physical health you, are, you have, the more mental health you have, the more you feel good about yourself 
and the more people that you're around. Now, from a scientific point of view, that was a very important study because it shows a dose-response relationship. So if this cup of coffee keeps me awake all day, if I have two cups of coffee, will that keep me awake more for longer? And the answer is yes. So the dose of caffeine that you have is related to how active you feel during the day. And we found that with gratitude. The more gratitude people have, the healthier and the better their mental health actually is. So that was exciting. It was so good that people were calling upon using gratitude as an intervention. But how does gratitude work? We have science to show why gratitude works. We have evidence for all of these, but none of it is conclusive. Uh, conclusive. There are 10 ways that gratitude helps. Firstly, it makes you more of a social person. If you have gratitude, that means you appreciate people more, you like being around people. It also means that people like being around you, which means that if you need help or exchange, you're actually going to do that, and you have a good flow of good chemicals in your brain. So social is number one. Comparisons. How about anybody who compares their life with other people? Nobody does. Gee, that's good. Okay, a few people do. What normally happens is when you compare with yourself with others, we found that people end up being resentful and bitter. Gratitude protects against those toxic emotions. We found another study that shows that gratitude helps you fulfill your goals better. We used to think that if you're, gratitude, uh, that if you're gracious, that you will have a passive approach to life and you won't go out and get the goals. No, the opposite is actually true. If you have gratitude, you feel more capable, more fulfilled, and so you're going to go out there and do more things than the people who don't have gratitude. The other thing that we found is that gratitude is directly good for your physical health. It activates what's called the parasympathetic nervous system, which puts you in a restful state. And it takes down inflammation, which means less depression, less heart disease, lower blood pressure, and that is all very, very good for your health. We found it helps you cope with stress. We found a link between being grateful and having spirituality. And people who have a spirituality be it an organized religion or thinking that we are somehow all connected and there is meaning to what we do, have better health outcomes for a number of reasons. Their sympathetic nervous system is not as active. It's more their parasympathetic nervous system, which gets them to relax. They get around other like-minded people and they get all the social benefits. You also feel good about yourself when you practice gratitude. And that's another mechanism by which gratitude is good for your brain. Another thing is gratitude actually tailors the way you see your memory. Now, you have a memory for almost everything that has happened to you. But when you practice gratitude, it's like you focus on the things that go well or the opportunity in the things that go badly. And your memory of how your life actually is has a positive bias. The other thing the studies show is that gratitude 
just takes the edge off that material drive that we have that says, I've always got to have more. I've got to experience more. I've got to have a better house, better car, better relationship, experience more, more, more. I've even got to feel better about myself all the time. That is driven by commercialism. And look, the current way of organizing our economics is the best that we have come up with, but it has a few side effects. It has a few unwanted aspects to it. Gratitude helps to ameliorate those. And the last thing I'll share with you that gratitude does is it actually helps you treat other people better. When you treat other people better, you become more sociable, you have more people around you, and you get all the health benefits that we know about being a social person. Okay, so that's the science of gratitude. Who actually becomes gracious? Who actually has gratitude in their life? And so I want to put to you that there are three groups of people that achieve gratitude. The first group are people who are just born with gratitude. They were born with a temperament or a personality that has an optimistic bias that does see the good side of life. I mean, sometimes these people may make you sick, how they just, they just see the good thing all the time. And you've got to say, it can't be that good all the time. Well, our studies show that some people do actually see that. The second group of people that achieve gratitude, achieve it the hard way. They achieve it by having a brush with their mortality. There was a gentleman that I was working with. He was in his early 50s. And grumble, 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 complain, complain, complain. Would see just the worst side of everybody in every situation. And out of the blue, he has a heart attack. Now, he has the kind of heart attack that doctors do not expect you're going to come back from. But he did, and he did well. And after I saw him after his rehabilitation, he says, Christian, have I ever been uh, grumbly towards you? Have, have I ever been ungracious? I'm really sorry about that, Christian. And he went through his life making amends to other people. Why? Because he had a brush with mortality. He almost didn't make it. And he was grateful to be given a second chance at life and to do it properly this time. And he had gratitude. When I was working as a doctor in emergency, um, a couple brought in a child that was just a year and a half old. And this child had a really high fever. And after doing all the tests and everything that an emergency room doctor is supposed to do, all that I actually did for this child is give them a medicine that took down their fever. Otherwise, the child was fine. But the parents were so grateful. Oh, thank you, doctor. Thank you so much. This means so much. Doctor, you have been absolutely wonderful. Why were they so grateful when I did so very little? Because they were afraid that the child was going to die. And you go to a hospital, you make sure that you have the test to make sure that those things don't happen. And the responsibility gets taken away and a solution is found and that burden is then gone. Those people become grateful. So that's the second group of people that achieve gratitude. The third group of people that achieve gratitude are people 
like myself and people that I am inviting you to join that cultivate gratitude that are not born with a temperament that just naturally sees how good everything is that do not have such a close brush with mortality that they change their lives completely but they have to work at it and it's worth working at so that's what we're going to look at for the rest of today and it's not a case of mind over matter it's not a case of look on the bright side of life it's not a case of delusional hype uh, there was this guy who went to his friend and he said oh I've got a mate at home he's sick and he's just complaining he's just feeling absolutely awful and the friend says now just hold on he's not sick these days we know it's all mind over matter he only thinks he's sick oh okay I'll go tell him so he goes home tells his mate meets the other guy a week later and the guy says so how's your mate he goes well you wouldn't believe this but he thinks he's dead so sometimes it is just not mind over matter. We've got to find something real. And finding the reality in gratitude is often hard. Why is it so damn hard? Five reasons. First one is our expectations. If you grew up during the depression or that period just after the depression, then in your childhood, you would have a certain set of expectations. We don't have terribly much. And then you would have gone through society that got more and more and more and more and more. And so your expectations were not only fulfilled, they were surpassed. And you would have led a relatively grateful life. If you were born in the very late 20th century, when your parents were so prosperous that they had their own needs fulfilled and they showered you in toys, gifts, experiences, good food, good everything. And then around the age of 25, they say to you, well, run along, it's time for you to do it all yourself. You go, what? 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 I, uh, but, but, but if I just stay with you, it's going to be a lot easier. Yeah, but it's not like that. I did it all myself. People who are younger have a more difficult time being grateful because their expectations are very, very different. And it becomes part of the wiring of the brain. Also, we tend to expect a lot of ourselves. We expect to be doing better. We expect to be striving. And if, on Super Bowl day, we interview somebody from the losing team, this is not what we want to hear. Oh, it was just a great match. Look, I was just happy to be a part of it. I mean, it was just, Fantastic. Look, I don't think we could have done any better. It was just a great day. No, no, we don't want to hear that. What we want to hear is something like, look, it was a good tough match. We weren't quite good enough there. We've got a bit to go. We were hoping to get out there and win, but they just got away with it. Next year, we are going to strive that much better and you'll see us on the top spot. That's what we want. We want the strivings. We don't want to stop doing things because of gratitude. And here is the key to overcoming expectations. Compartmentalize your life. Know that there are some parts in your life that you want to do better at, and that's fine. Do better. Have those high expectations. But there are other parts of your life that are just a gift. You don't get to say how good the weather is going to be wherever you go. And for that, you can just 
be grateful. Second reason that it makes it very difficult to cultivate gratitude is people. People get in the way all the time. I want to win this competition, but no, there are 53 other people that want to win this competition, and if somebody beats me, that means that I don't win. A person gets in the way. I want to get this job, but yes, there are 200 other people that want this job as well, and they all want to get it, and if somebody else gets it, how can I feel grateful about that? Relationships. I want this relationship, but there are other people who want that relationship as well. If I don't get what I want and other people get in my way, how can I be grateful? And other times, people just get in my way because people are just people and I'd rather have life just the way I like it. Thank you very much. What can you do about that situation? The competition situation is actually very easy because we're going through an amazing period of tennis. The last 15 years of tennis have been amazing. Who is the one person that Roger Federer is very grateful for? Rafael Nadal, his biggest rival. Why? Because he says, without Rafael, I wouldn't be playing this good tennis. I wouldn't be number one if it wasn't for Raphael knocking on the door, wanting to be number one and threatening to beat me all the time. And sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. And the two of those men are great friends because they sharpen each other. So people can sharpen each other. The other thing is that when people seem to get in the way, understand that everybody you meet is your superior in something. There is something that they know how to do that you don't. There is something that they can do that you can't. There is something that you're good at, or that they're good at, that you're not. And in that, you can learn from them. We have a very special friend. She and her husband have a child who has trisomy 21, Down's syndrome, and is significantly delayed. It's very difficult to understand this child. And yet, what she says to me is, he's so honest, he's so uncomplicated. If he gets tired, he'll just tell you, he won't be polite. And I learn so much from him. And we recently had the privilege of spending a weekend with this family and I learned so much from him. So when you think that people get in your way, appreciate everybody as a gift. They have some gift to you. You may just need to take a bit of time to find out what that gift is. Third problem that makes it so damn hard to achieve gratitude. Our sense of entitlement. Me, I want this, I deserve this. Now our sense of entitlement comes from a very natural, innate sense of self-preservation. If it came to a crisis situation, we would all want to live and strive to live. And that's the way it's supposed to be. But it also means that we all organise the whole universe around us. And so we feel that we are entitled to doing better, having more, taking care of ourselves, 
at the expense of other people. And this becomes a barrier to gratitude. So Christian, what do you suggest we do about this? To overcome your sense of entitlement, ask profound questions for which there's absolutely no answer. Uh, who do I thank for the wonderful sunshine yesterday? Uh, what keeps the earth spinning? Where do so many good opportunities come from? Who thought so many years ago that freedom was important and we should enshrine that in our society? How can I help to make this world a better place in just a small way? Why did my parents go out of their way to feed me, clothe me and disciplinely discipline me to make sure I made it to adulthood. Uh, why did they do that? When you ask profound questions like that, you go, oh, there's something else going on rather than just me in my world. Next thing that makes it very difficult to have gratitude is comparing ourselves with others. And you have heard it said in a poem, if you compare yourself with others, you will become vain and bitter, for there will always be greater and lesser people than yourself. And then you've heard that and you've gone, right, okay, good. So um, I've got to stop comparing myself with others. I've got to stop comparing myself with others. And I'm sorry, but you probably would have failed. Because it is very natural for us to compare ourselves with others. If you watch a football match, we actually let each side score points and then we compare who's got the uh, most points at the end and we declare those the winner. If you do an exam, we compare your performance against what we believe people should be doing and that decides whether you pass or fail an exam. And everything you do in your life is a comparison. But who you are is not a comparison. You can always be who you are, without comparing that with anybody. Anything you do is always up for comparison. So what I have to tell you about this is, remember that you are human being. You are not a human doing. And when you compare yourself with other human beings, you have a choice. Yes, you can become vain, because you're doing better than somebody else. And yes, you can become bitter, because other people are doing better. But you have the choice to become grateful and humble. You can become grateful when you're doing better, because all of us in, the, in this room are doing better than about 96% of the world's population. And you can become humble when you find somebody who's doing better. You can say, they're doing better. I can take that as humility. And the last thing that becomes a barrier to finding gratitude, which makes it so difficult, is being on the treadmill that we are all on. We are on a treadmill of wanting more, experiencing more, feeling better about ourselves. Can I squeeze more out of this day? Uh, can I have more contacts on social media? Are there more things that I can enjoy in life? And we are on a treadmill, always thinking that it's not enough. And the solution to this is to take time out. Take time out 
just a few minutes every day to be thankful. Take out a few hours every week just to have no expectations, no people, no treadmill. Take a day out a year when you go, okay, how am I really doing without the treadmill? It can transform your life. Hope you enjoyed part one of this talk on the science of gratitude. In part two, Christian looks into what actually happens in a brain that has gratitude and gives you some really practical tips on how you can practice gratitude in your life. We look forward to your company then.